In Christ, you're a new creation. In Christ, you're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. In Christ, you're a new creation. In Christ, there is no anxiety. In Christ, there is no fear. In Christ, there is peace. His peace, because he overcame the world. And he left his peace with us. There's no fear in Christ. Perfect love is what he is, and perfect love casts out all fear. So fear, bow in the name of Jesus. We bind fear in the name of Jesus. We lose peace in the name of Jesus. Worry, bow in the name of Jesus. We bind worry. We bind anxiety. We bind depression in the name of Jesus. We release peace in the name of Jesus. Wholeness in the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. A sound mind in the name of Jesus. Love in the name of Jesus. Hope in the name of Jesus. And in him, he is the hope of glory. And we are united with him. He is our father. He is our brother. He is our source of our strength. In him are all good things. And in him, every good and perfect word and gift is coming from him and through him. And we walk through him. We walk in the light because of him. We rebuke all darkness in the name of Jesus. We bind every lie over the truth in the name of Jesus. We lose healing and peace and prosperity of mind. In Christ is our riches and our treasure. We thank you, Jesus. In you is our hope. In you is our future. In you has been established. You said it is finished because it's already ours. We thank you for the revelation of your glory. We thank you for the revelation of your truth. We thank you, Lord, that you've already done it. <laughs> Open the eyes of our heart that we would see it. Open the eyes of our heart. We bind every argument against the truth, every deception against the truth. We lose complete freedom and liberty and peace in you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we have seen your glory. <laughs> we thank you that we have seen your glory. We have seen your glory. You're not hidden. You're not hidden. We thank you that your word says anyone who searches for you and seeks for you, your word says that you will be found by us. <laughs> You're not afar off. You are in our midst. <laughs> your authority, Lord, it's your authority. It's not my words, it's your authority. <laughs> the name of Jesus that everything will bow. Everything of heaven, everything of the earth, everything of the demonic realm must bow. In the name of Jesus, just say the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my source. You're my strength. You're my joy. You're my peace. You're my love. You're my future. You're my hope. You're my everything, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But through you, we can do all things. We thank you, Jesus. You are our source of strength. You are our strong tower. <laughs> you are the light of the world. You're the bread of life. <laughs> you are the word <laughs> that changes not. 
Oh, Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. <laughs> we love you. It is a joyful thing to worship in, pres in the presence of the Lord, isn't it? Why don't we just thank the Lord? Amen. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. I want you to hear me real quick. I haven't done anything special. The work that's going on is the Holy Spirit. All we're doing is realizing what he's already done. We are coming under the agreement and the authority of what his word says. We are coming that the church has been coming focused on him. Focused on Jesus. And when we, his word says, if he'd be lifted up, everyone, the whole world would be drawn to him. So I, you got to see, I'm not doing anything special. I'm not your answer. Jesus is your answer. I'm not your source. Jesus is your source. It's in him. All things are possible. It's in him. Amen. Amen. He's a good God. He's a good God. He is a good God. Your God is amazing, church. <laughs> your God is amazing. Amen. Worship team, you're pretty good. I'm not going to use amazing. That's for Jesus, but you're pretty darn good, I got to say. Thank you. Thank you. Man, we're just getting started. Woo. Aren't you glad that Jesus always finishes the work he's begun? He's not done. Children, why don't you make your way up here? I got to welcome, uh, we have a, 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 like a new couple here today, um, the Travascuses. Mr. and Mrs. Travascus, welcome. <laughs> they are officially married, united, joined as one. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. We have a little Jojo. Jojo is with us today. Church, your God's awesome. That little dude come through like, boom. Way better than anyone thought. He's here doing great. Amen. Your, your God's pretty awesome. Children, your God is ridiculously awesome. Your God's ridiculously awesome. The Jesus that's inside of you changes everything. The Jesus that's inside of you changes everything. He'll change your mom and dad. He'll change your friends. He'll change those around you. Your job is just to let him out. Amen? So how do we let him out? You listen to him. If he says, hey, I want you to go talk to someone, you go do it. I want you to pray for someone. You pray for him. You let him out. Amen? So I'm going to pray for you guys, and you guys can go be with Miss Abelina. And Lord, we thank you for these children. <laughs> Lord, for these little soldiers. That's a bad group right here. Lord, we thank you for them. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, that <laughs> this group right here can change this whole world because you're in them. <laughs> Lord, if they choose to surrender to you and allow you out to be the voice, Lord, and, and listen to that, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that they can do all things through you, all things. Lord, we just release a powerful blessing and anointing over them. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that you, God, would just cause their hearts were to be filled today. Lord, that you would speak to them personally. Lord, that the words that they hear from the word would come alive. 
Lord, that they would truly be active and they would stand on them. And Lord, they would share them in your name. Amen. 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 What's up, Will? Need some nuts, dude. All right, girls, are you going to hang out with me or what? You better hurry up. They're leaving. <laughs> She's like, I don't know about you. I'm out. I won't eat you. <laughs> hey, man, thank the Lord for water, right? It's a good thing. All right, so we're in our second part of don't worry about the small stuff. It's all small stuff. Hey, man, shoot, we can go home. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there was, I thought I'd get more amens than that, but praise the Lord. You guys are ready to receive, huh? Amen. All right, well, we're going to go on to the point three in this message was first things first, and I'm going to reread um, the passage of Scripture out of Matthew chapter 6. And I think you have up there um, verse 25, but I want to just... Go back to verse 24. It really sets up the whole passage of why Jesus is going on in this. And uh, Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Here's why Jesus says, That is why I tell you, right? Because of that verse 24. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. It's not there. I, I added that. Okay. <laughs> Verse 28. And why worry about your clothing? Why? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Here's a big question. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? Yes, be happy. <laughs> what will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Amen. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. We went over a, a study. It said that 85% of the things we worry about never happen. 85%, that's a lot. 15% of the stuff that does happen, we found that out of the 15 only 3.1% was ever bad. <laughs> Out of the 15 that did happen, you most of the time realize that, you know, that wasn't so bad. Or you realize, that was actually good. I learned something. 
So worry is a waste of time. Amen. Amen? Amen. Worry is not from the Lord. That is not, you don't have the gift of worry. <laughs> I've heard, well, that, that's not a gift. If someone tries to pray for you to have the gift, you, you reject the gift. I don't receive that gift, amen? That's not your gifting. Your gifting is to encourage, amen, to speak life, hope, joy, peace, sound mind stuff, right? Not out of your mind stuff. That's not from the Lord, amen? Amen. That's good. Simple but good. We found uh, one of the things I asked you to write down, if I find it. I wrote it down at some point. I even highlighted it. There we go. The difference between worry and anxiety and genuine concern. What does worry do? Remember? It immobilizes. Worry immobilizes. What does concern do? It moves you to action. The difference between worry and concern. Concern is godly. It's good to have concern. It moves you to action. Worry immobilizes you. Remember the word. It chokes you out. We've seen in the, uh, the same word. That for worry is merameno. In the same text in uh, Matthew, when it talk, Jesus is talking about the, uh, the, the soils. And he's talking about the soils, and he says that, that the, the, the soil was the hearts of the people, and the, the message, the gospel, was the good news. And it went into the soil, and the soil received it. It'd be a believer. It received the, the message. It received the good news. And it grew. It took root and began to grow. But the worry, the anxiety, the fear grew up with it, and it choked it out. It squeezes out life. That's worry. What does God do? He gives life and freedom. Exact opposite. We saw in Proverbs that worry weighs a person down. But an encouraging word lifts a person up. How many, how many took the advice I gave last week? You went and gave some encouraging words. Let me ask, what did it cost you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It didn't cost you anything to deliver encouraging words. What was the results? You get to do that. You get to do that. You won't do it when you are weighed down with worry, fear, and anxiety. But when you're free, you're naturally going to want to go encourage people and share with them how they can get free. If that doesn't happen... Something's wrong. Like, you don't even have to teach newborn baby Christians to do that. They get a little milk, and automatically, they're off and running. The Holy Spirit's like, let me out. Let me out. Amen? Amen. Encouraging words. Thank you for your encouraging words this week. I got some of them on myself, and well, they are beautiful. Can't, you never go wrong. I've never been mad at no one that gave me an encouraging word. Amen? <laughs> never. First Peter talked about all of our anxieties, casting all of those on him. Why? Because he cares for us. Our God cares for us. So going into point three. Point three is first things first. This is something I, I remind myself pretty often. And I, the last time I shared with the first service, I remember giving this kind of advice. The first things first was to uh, one of my cousins who had just graduated high school, getting ready to go into college, and um, just reminded her, hey, Remember to keep the first things first. Remember to keep those, those first things in first place. What does that look like? When you're going through all this stuff, like it's, life is always challenging and jockeying for position for first place. And it's real easy to get our minds off of what's first. What's the most important things? 
Let, let's keep our focus there. When, when everything else is going on, focus on that, amen? That's, that's, that's this point. First things first. Matthew 6, is our text. But before we get into that, I felt the Lord just dropped this little, little nugget, and it's Proverbs 9 and 10. First things first, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. See, the enemy wants to use fear and anxiety, but first things first would say the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. Let's get some first things first. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm scared to death. I, I wake up in the morning, and I'm scared of Jesus. I'm scared that the Father's going to zap me with lightning bolts. No, that was before Christ. <laughs> that was before Christ. I was dodging lightning bolts. That was before him. Now that he's here, I'm not scared, but I have a very healthy respect. I have a very healthy respect. I wake up in the morning, and he's first on my heart. He's first on my mind. There's, there's important things that need to happen. And when he's in that spot, we go to him first. Before I talk to my wife, before I talk to, what do you think, Lord? I mean, he, he's pretty important, right? I mean, he's kind of big, and he can handle all of our stuff. It's really putting him in that right spot is respecting him. That's the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. But praise God, wisdom doesn't end there. It grows. The fear of the Lord's just the beginning. It's the first part. But then we grow in wisdom. And, it's, and it grows out of a fear to just love. I honor my wife. I respect my wife. I'm not afraid of her. I'm well... I'm not afraid of her right now. There's a lot of witnesses. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. I, that was just humorous. I'm really not afraid of my wife. She hasn't ever tried to kill me yet. <laughs> Matthew 6.33. This, this is a verse that radically has impacted my life, and I want to share um, part of the impact of it. Um, Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, that verse became really important when I was in Teen Challenge. I was in a discipleship program um, just purely because I just wanted to get close to the Lord. And No, that's not true. <laughs> I, it, was, it was part of a court-mandated uh, thing that I needed to go to a discipleship program. But as part of that, I got to get closer to the Lord. After I got out of jail, it was a beautiful thing. Um, I got to get close, and, and, and the, even the jail was a beautiful thing. That's where I met the Lord and uh, really had those first encounters and, and loved going back. You know, it was just to, to, not, not to, because I was in trouble, but I'm going back to minister. <laughs> Clear that up. Um, I was going back to minister, and I've loved it because that's where, I, that's where I saw him first, and his first really, he tra began to transform my life. And, and going into Teen Challenge, um, we got to a point where, um, you've, you've seen the guys um, come up, and um, I got to a point in that um, time where we had some freedom. You could go on a pass, and I remember going on a pass, and one of my friends, um, Chad, wanted me. I went home with him that time, and uh, he wanted to go out with his, now it's his wife, um, Belinda, and he had said, hey, like, would you go out with me? Because she's got this friend, and, and the, they'll really only go out if we'll go together, and I was like, eh, whatever, you know, like, and uh, so I went out with them, and, and I wasn't into the girl, and she probably wasn't into me either, so it was just, we, we watched it. I don't even know. Couldn't tell you the movie, but they ended up getting married, which that's all yay, right? But through that, other people started coming back from passes and through that year and, and um, talking about, oh, I met this girl and this and that, and I began, I began to kind of like, well, what about me? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm 24, you know, and, and at that time, that was pretty old, you know? 
<laughs> Remember, you're 24, you're like, man, I don't know, I got, I got maybe a couple good years left in me. And <laughs> I'm just, just saying, I mean, most young people, you think, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, good Lord, I remember when I was 19, I had a friend that was like 24, and I thought he was old. You know, it's like, God, he's old. You know, better be careful on that mountain bike, you know. But, but that's where I was at. I'm thinking, man, this is just the world's passing me by. And, and um, it, became, it began to be a thing that was on my mind a lot. Now, mind you, when I, when I got saved, I truly, I, I said, Lord, I, I give you everything. I'm, I'm, I lay my life at your feet. I, I, you're in charge. You're in control. I mean, so much so that I give you my hands, my feet. That's really all I had to give because I'd wrecked everything. It was a lot, it's a lot easier to give him everything when you've destroyed everything. Amen? It is a lot easier. I'll say that. Um, so I didn't have, like, all this stuff I felt like I was giving up, even though you, everyone feels that same thing. You're on that ledge, and you got to jump. It don't matter how much stuff you have, you still got to jump. So I was there, and, and I had given him everything. But lo and behold, this, this thing, which was not being single, began to take first place. And the Lord, I'll never forget it. I, I remember, I was just reading through, and it was like, seek ye first the kingdom of God, just jumped off the page, right? We've had those experiences. But it wouldn't leave me alone. It's like, I just kept hearing it. I, every time I'd open, it's like, there it is. Now, me being a new, newborn Christian and not the sharpest tool in the shed, um, I wasn't really picking up on it totally. And, and maybe because I didn't want to hear it. But I, I told the Lord, I said, um, how have you done this? Lord, if this is really you. Lord, if this is really you. And I put a fleece out there. And I said, Lord, if this is really you. And you know what? God's okay with fleeces. He didn't spank me for that. I said, when I go to church tomorrow, I want that pastor or someone to come up and to share Matthew. If, if this is really you, and then I'll leave it alone. So you know what happened. <laughs> we didn't even make it into the service. We're in Sunday school. The Sunday school had nothing to do with Matthew 6.33, but the, the guy that was sharing the Sunday school, he, he, I remember him, he goes, you know, I don't even really know why I'm sharing this. It doesn't really, but I just feel the Lord needs, someone needs to know that you need to seek him first. You need to put him first in your life. And Matt, Okay, I got the message, right? So I got the message. I left it alone for a while. And then I came home and... Um, you know, just being honest, I didn't have a whole, I mean, I wasn't no Rico Suave or whoever, Don Juan or whoever the, but I didn't do too bad. I'm just saying, um, I, it wasn't too hard for me to talk to women or girls and man, I'll tell you what, I went through the driest season of my life. I, I tried to, it was just like, I'm like, what the heck? Did some, some, God does not want me to have a woman, apparently. I mean, this is just, I remember trying to, to, to pursue Jenny. And I'd, I remember I asked her one time just to go for a walk with me one time. And we, were, we had done music together in churches, and we'd known each other, and, and that was probably part of the problem. But the <laughs> 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 biggest part of the problem. <clears throat> she knew me before Christ. And we were up in, uh, I think it was Pinecrest area. It was just real pretty. And we had like a two-hour break between we were supposed to go do music again. And, and I said, hey, you want to go for a walk? And she was just like, No. <laughs> I'm saying, like, you just, just, when you get shot down a bunch of times, it's just like, what the heck, man? I got no mojo. There's no mojo left. Like, there's no game. It was gone. It was a withered branch. So then I worked up enough courage. You know, guys don't stop, at least real men. (laughs) You you see something you want, you go after it. So I remember the Kings, this was so long. Well, they're doing, well, the Kings were doing awesome at the time. 
and uh, I had got some Kings tickets. I thought, surely she'll go to a Kings game. And, and I remember, hey, do you want to go to Kings game? And she was just like, you know, I'm, I don't know that I really want to be in a relationship right now. And I'm like, dang, I didn't ask you to get married, girl. It's like, I just want to go to a Kings game. And no. So I said, I'd say, like, it's looking pretty bleak. And I remember going out and talking to the Lord and I just, just kind of him asking, like, did you, did you really mean what you said? Did you, did? I was just with that impression of, what if that's not in the future? What if that's not in the future? What if, what if you having a wife and kids isn't my plan for you? Are you okay with that? And I was like, um, no, I'm not really okay with that. You know, be honest with the Lord. I, I've yelled at him before. It doesn't do a whole heck of a lot of good. Um, but he's not afraid and he's not offended. Just be honest with him. And I was honest with him, and I, I chewed on that for a while, and I came back, and I said, Lord, if that is truly what you have for me. And I felt like, what if, like him saying, what if I called you out of this country? What if I called you to become a missionary? And you were never going to be married. You were never going to have kids. You are never going to have that. I said, I, Lord, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't like that, but I would do it. I, I'm willing. And it wasn't too much longer that, you know, Jenny's eyes got opened, and I, <laughs> I may have helped her a little bit. <laughs> there was a couple of her friends that were beginning to show interest, and uh, I started hanging out with a little bit and seeing, and between the Holy Spirit, and I think that, that helped quite a bit. <laughs> so thank the Lord that putting that desire in its proper place, God honored it. And most of the things that we're worried about, those desires that we're worried about giving up, you don't have to worry. They're, they're God-given. That was a God-given thing, a desire. He just wanted to know what's in first place. Can I trust you? You see that in Abraham and Isaac, I believe. This isn't really part of, of the... But I believe that there was a part of Abraham that had got so infatuated with Isaac that his son, the one he... Finally, he had got that answer. And it became this huge thing. And I believe that God said... I want you to take that son. Are you willing to sacrifice him? Are you willing to put me back in first place? And every single one of us will have to take a journey up a mountain someday. Every single one of us, God will ask you to come back to the top of that mountain. Will you lay it down? Will you sacrifice what you want? Will you truly put first things first? Amen? So Matthew 6, 33. I've, I've condensed it down. This is Steve Dennison's international version. Put God in first in your life, and he'll take care of everything else. That's Matthew 6.33 in a very small nutshell. You put him first and foremost in your life, and he takes care of everything else. Amen? Matthew 6.33 in the Passion Translation says this. It says it this way. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom. Okay, so what's the kingdom? People say, okay, well, seek ye first. What is the kingdom? Jesus is the kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom. Everywhere he goes, the kingdom is. Where he is, is the kingdom. So we seek him. We're not seeking the, the things of the kingdom. We're not seeking after these treasures or these... We're seeking him. We're putting him first. He is the kingdom. Amen? Constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Where's our righteousness come from? Our right, ours is what? 
filthy rags. His is ridiculous. It's his righteousness that he gives us because he is in us and we are in him. So we operate from his righteousness. That's a good place to operate from, church. Then, that's a good word, then, when we operate from that place, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. <laughs> when they become less important, when they become less important than what? Than him. Then you will have them abundantly. Amen? Now, I love, I mean, I love Jesus for so many reasons, but we miss a whole big part of this because we're in a Western culture. It's totally different in the West right now than it was in Jesus' day. How? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. None of us, when he says, what are you worried about food? Why are you worried? We're not. We're doing very well. We are doing extremely well. We don't worry about where we're going to eat, what we're going to, I mean, we're like, where are we going to go? I mean, that's our big dilemma. Like, I have so many options. What am I going to eat today? We're not worried about what am I going to put on for clothing? We have closets full. It's what am I going, which, which one outfit am I going to put on that will look the way, exactly the way I want it? He's just talking about the, the, the little things, their life. He's saying, why are you worried about your life? Why are you worried about where your next meal is going to come from? Because they didn't have refrigerators. Why are you worried about these little things like your clothing? Winter's coming. Why are you worried about that? We don't get it like they do. This was, this was the big things. He's saying all those huge things that would should and are natural, they freak us out. So why are you worried about that? He makes it seem so, he's like, that's small stuff. Don't worry about the small stuff. It's all small stuff. Amen? Now, in the, in the light of this first things first, there's all kinds of things that are jockeying for position in our life. All kinds of things. You, you can go and say, all right, Lord, I give it all to you. You can do that this Sunday. And you lay it all there and you go, you're first place in my life. By the time you get to your car, you're going to have three or four things jockeying for position. You're going to have things fighting over, okay, is this really first place? But what about this? What about that? What about that? There's all kinds of stuff jockeying for the most important place in your life. Some of them are people. Some of them, it was for me. Some of them are your spouses, your relationships, a friendship, jockeying for position of what's first. You go to them first with your issues. You don't go to him first. Some of those first things could be your children. You're so concerned and worried about your children that it's eating up your trust and your belief in your, that first place in God. You, he, they've become your idol. Just saying. Your goals can become first thing. We get so focused, and so and and and, it, and you're gonna you're gonna hear me say coming up, planning's okay. There's nothing wrong with planning, but your goals can become. You're so driven to achieve this goal that you set that you that it becomes the first thing. Everything else is is deciphered through that goal and reaching that. Will this help me accomplish that? If not, I don't want it which you will never accomplish any goal if Christ isn't first. Amen. You won't have the strength to ever, to ever obtain it. You won't even know if it's even worth reaching for. A lot of the things we set up there as goals are a waste in light of his kingdom. 
the objects of the stuff that we pursue. The objects, the stuff that we're pursuing. It's going to rot. It's going to waste away. What's first? Let's keep the first things first. This doesn't have, happen passively. Him being on the throne of your life, being in first place, doesn't happen passively. You have to actively put him daily in that place and guard that place. It doesn't happen just all on its own. Well, I said the prayer, and what are you doing today? Paul said, I die daily. What is he dying to? First place. It doesn't happen passively. You have to actively dethrone yourself. Remember Paul Palmer came a few years back, and he was talking about the kingdom and the throne. Remember? Yeah. He, he's on the throne. God doesn't share his throne. It's his throne. Yeah. We want to, I mean, we want to share it with him. I want to sit with him. Like, so what do you think? Like, let's make some, let's, <laughs> he just, and he's so loving, he just gets up and walks away. Oh, go ahead. You want the throne? Sit there. Call the shots. How's that working? How's that peace working out for you? How's that joy working out for you? How's that love working out for you? Oh, Lord, we need help. I'd love to help you, but you're still sitting on my throne. He doesn't come throw you off. It's, it's, we have... He, the reality is he, he is on the throne. You don't move him off the throne, but you have your own little throne. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, but he's also living inside of us through, through the, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ is in us. He doesn't play with others well. He don't. Jesus don't play with others well. It's his way or no way. He says, all of you or none of you. It's your choice. He doesn't force himself. He's a gentleman, but he don't play. That's coming in a few weeks. <laughs> oh, boy. That's good. That's, joy. That's good news. That's good news. Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know that like, he's everything? When he's first, everything else works out. You don't have to worry about it. That's good news. Like all, all I got to do is keep him there. All I got to do is, is work through him in my life, him first. That's, that's like not that complicated. I didn't say it was easy, but it's not that complicated. You have to actively choose to put him first and follow the pattern that he has set out. Follow that pattern. What's the pattern? His life. Do you see it in Christ? If you see it in him, follow it. If you don't see it in him, don't follow it, right? I love that one. <laughs> it's, that's, it's that simple. Do we see it in him? I remember I was shared, do you, do you hear it from him? Do you hear it from him? Do you read it from him? If you don't, it's not him. Well, I had this revelation, Pastor. Awesome. Well, it's not there. That's interesting. That's interesting. 
It's not there. If it's not there, it's not him. And let me share this again. It doesn't matter what I think. It don't matter what you think. But it matters what this says. It matters what he says. You, we can all think all kinds of stuff about little stuff, and that's all it is. It's little stuff. By the way, one of the groups, um, here's a little thing. Remember I talked about chewing up meat and you can spit away bones? So there's a, a question about um, the book. Just church know, we as pastors went through this book before, before I ever brought it to you. So you can be safe. I'm not saying a book is the word of God. A book is a book. Amen. The gentleman talked about being able to come into the presence of God. In Hebrews 4, 16, come boldly to the throne room of grace. Okay, that doesn't just mean you can't come boldly to the throne room for anything else. Amen. Okay, and you need to hear me. By, he, by the gentleman saying we should pursue it, we, want, we should want to minister to the Lord. And saying that we can come into the bold, to, boldly to the throne room to minister to the Lord, that's not doctrinal error. That's saying because of the revelation that we can come boldly to the throne room of grace, that also gives us access to come boldly into his presence whenever we want and really to do whatever we want. The veil's been torn. I can come into his presence and just sit there and, and just be shutting up and just be in his presence. Or I could come into his presence and minister to him and just tell him how awesome he is and thank him for everything that he's done. Or I could come in, I could just, <laughs> bravo. <laughs> come boldly. Amen. The point is, come boldly. The Old Testament, you were afraid. You don't just come boldly into God's presence. You get dropped like a hot rock. <laughs> that, he didn't play well at all. <laughs> we can come boldly into his presence. So does that clear up the, Amen. the, just know, we love you. We don't flippantly just take the church through a journey on a book I haven't read. We as a staff went through this book together. Amen? Amen. It doesn't mean that in any really good book and great book, there might be something that you go, eh, I don't know about that one. Yeah. I'm pretty positive the fruit of what we're doing as a church is pretty evident. The devil doesn't want this to happen, Amen. right? Jesus is for what's going on. Amen. Okay, moving on. Well, we just got to take care of some stuff sometimes, right? Amen. Prayer, <laughs> I love, so simple. Prayer and reading the word. How, how many has been in church for like 50, 60? Pastor, Dr. Paul and Joy. From the moment you guys begin to be in church, have you ever heard a pastor not encourage the body that they need to pray more and read their word more? Always. If you have a pastor who's not encouraging you to pray more and read the word more, you need a new pastor. <laughs> Just saying. There's something wrong. Like, there's not a new thing. Amen. We're old school. I'm going to tell you, we need to pray more. Yeah. We need to get in his word more. Yeah. You know why? Because it works. Yeah. It's the truth. There's not a whole, like, you don't need to just like, go listen to YouTube more. Amen. YouTube has a place. It's, there's some good stuff. But YouTube is YouTube. It's like a bathroom wall. You can write whatever you want on it. It doesn't make it true. 
This is not the bathroom wall. That was free. Pray, read the word. Now, I'm going to show you a study I came across this week, just by chance. You know, the Lord, just, just by quinky dink. There's a recent study by the Center of Bible Engagement where they polled 40,000 general population in the U.S. between the ages of 8 and 80. They discovered something very profound. When we, of, of the 40,000, and, and this is a reflection of us, are in our scripture one time a week, one time a week. So that could be today. You come to church on Sunday and you actually open the Bible and we, we read some Bible. That's your one time a week. When we, as people, open scripture, read scripture one time a week, it has a very negligible effect on key areas of our life. Okay, so you're going to say, what are the key areas? They're coming up. When we read the word and open the word two times a week, it's very similar, same negligible effect. That means not much of an effect. Three times of a week, it's like the blip on a screen, like radar, like beep, beep. Or if you're looking at the heart, like the beats, kadoom, kadoom, kadoom. Three times a week goes kadoom. Kadoom. That's three times a week. Now, guess what happens at four? This is so awesome. The study shows four times a week spikes off the chart. Four times a week spikes off the chart. Here's some, here's some areas. Feeling lonely. How many? You feel lonely. Just by reading the Bible four times a week, that drops 30%. 30%. I'm not adding in prayer. Just the Bible. Anger issues drop 32%. 32%. Bitterness in relationships, husband, wife, children, parents, friends, bitterness in relationship drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. 57%. I'm going to here to tell you, when I went to Teen Challenge, we didn't really ever talk about addiction. It's the craziest dang thing. We're all addicts. We're all screwed up. We all got a bunch of trouble. We all did, but because of drugs and alcohol, primarily, or some form of addiction. Name your flavor. We had a, ooh, there's an ice cream truck full of them. But we didn't deal with those things. You know what we did? Set apart time of prayer and extended times in the Word. And that program at that time had an 84% success rate of those who stayed. Prayer and the Word. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Now, I'm not against programs, as long as they're faith-based, as long as they understand that Jesus is king. Amen. Statistics and all that stuff are, are just that. Jesus trumps all of those things. Amen. So his word is powerful. 57% alcohol rate drops. Feeling spiritual stagnant drops. I was joking with Pastor Jay in the first service. In his time of counseling, and in, and in my short time, um, most problems, when you come to the heart of what's going on and you ask the question, so, so how often are you in the Word? How often are you spending? Oh, I'm not. You know, I'm just, I'm just not feeling connected to the Lord. You know, I'm, just really, I'm just not feeling. Are you open in the Word? Are you re... No, no, I'm not doing that. 
Okay, do you see what's going on here? It's pretty powerful. The Word of God is pretty awesome. When we get in front of that, it changes our lives. When you spend time in prayer, there's the signs. Prayer changes things. Pastor Denise, I agree with Pastor Denise. She doesn't really like that sign a whole bunch. I would say it's kind of a yes and yes, though. Prayer changes you. Prayer changes you. Getting in front of the Word changes you. Therefore, it changes things. It changes your perspective. It changes your ability to think straight, to see straight, to know what's really going on. To realize that, you know what? They're a human being like me. They're jacked up, too. We're all right. All these people in the Bible, they were all jacked up. Every one of them, they're all jacked up. That doesn't mean you could get a green light. Well, shoot, David did it, and he's still at no. Don't carry it that far. But have some grace. Your brothers and sisters are just like you. They're broken and hurting. But the answer is the same. Jesus. One other one. This is pretty awesome. So feeling spiritual stagnant. If you're not hearing from the Lord, read from the Lord. And you'll hear from him. Look at this number. Viewing pornography drops 61%. 61% drop from reading the word four times a week. I wonder what would happen if you prayed and read the word. Just four times a week. That's like every other day. Every other day, you read the word, pray, 60% drop. Anger issues drop. Feeling alone drops. This stuff just starts dropping. Now look at the flip side. This is so encouraging. On the positive side, what happens when we read the word four times a day? This is the biggest spike. Sharing your faith jumps 200%. 200% jump from reading the word four times a week. I wonder if it has anything to do with you being able to say, I actually have some word in me now. Because you hear people, well, I'm not a Bible scholar. You know, I don't really know the word. I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable. I, I don't have a degree to go share. Are you serious? Share what you know. Amen. Tell what you know. Like, I was dead. Now I'm alive. <laughs> I share with the first group. I mean, you don't know what happens when you first get saved. I just went from I wanted to punch people in the face to now I want to hug them. I don't know how that happened. Like, it's Jesus. Like, you can say that. I used to hate you. Now I love you. I didn't do anything different except for Jesus came into my life. I don't even know why I love you, but I do. Is that good news? It's not complicated. The, the blind man, the, the Pharisees questioned him. They want to know, was he the Messiah? Was it Jesus? He's like, I don't know. I was blind. Now I see. That's the greatest testimony ever. You figure out the rest. Two hundred two hundred percent spike. Sharing your faith. A two hundred and thirty percent spike in discipling others when you read the word four times a week. That's encouraging, church. Like there's only a couple things we need to do. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go into the world, make disciples. Those are going to be our three pillars of our church in the future. It's not complicated. This is, we can do this. Two practices we need to follow. It's every other day. Now, let's do it every day. Pray, read the word. And guess what? Next week, it's going to be pray and read the word. And a year from now, you're going to be like, okay, I get it. 
Well, when we do it, I'll quit preaching about it. I won't. <laughs> You're right. I love it. The word's so awesome. I'm not saying there's not going to be some challenges and difficulties in our life. There's going to be. Jesus told us. They persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. They hate me. They're going to hate you. Guess what? If Christ is in us, the hope of glory, they're going to hate you. There's going to be opposition. And you know what? Even in the church, when people start getting a little ruffled up or fuzzed up about something, I'm not too worried. It happened to Jesus, and I'm not even close. His followers, they, he went from these huge crowds, and he just would preach the truth. He's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and people started, I don't know about this. This guy's whack. He wants me to do what? You want what? It's the 70, they left. He, he's so much so, he turns to his twelve. Are you going to leave me too? Now, I'm not saying, like, I'm just saying the truth sometimes does some stuff. You could be mad about it or you could be glad about it. I'm glad. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. His word is the truth. It's settled. I don't have to try to manipulate it to make it sound any prettier or add something so you can get. It's the truth. just basically means when Christ comes into our life, when he's in first place, all this stuff was going to happen. There won't be anxiety and fear and worry. There won't be. Not when he's in first place, because you're going to have that perspective that he's king. He's on the throne. He sees it before I saw it. He, he always knows and, and wants what's best for me, because he's a good father. My last point. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Anxious worry about tomorrow keeps us from, the, from giving the proper attention to the needs and problems we face today. Amen. Worrying about tomorrow keeps us from the stuff that we're supposed to be dealing with today. God makes it very clear. Tomorrow's not yours. Tomorrow's his. What you're responsible for is today. It says in the word, today is the day of salvation. Today's the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Your responsibilities are for today. Today. Tomorrow is the Lord's. Stay out of tomorrow. That's not for you. That's like the parents saying, hey, stay out of that room. You don't need to be in there. That's what the Lord's saying. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble for today. For tomorrow. You worry about today. You want to be concerned about something? Be concerned about today. You're not promised tomorrow. We, we think we, we have so... We've got... Oh, well, tomorrow we make all... This life, dude, that's a joke. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Life's a vapor. You're going to stand before God for what you did today, not tomorrow. Let's talk about planning. Planning's good. Planning for tomorrow is time well spent, but worrying about tomorrow is time wasted. Planning for tomorrow is time well spent. Is there wrong with having a retirement? No. We should plan. Like, I have an older vehicle, so it's in our budget. I have a couple older ones. It's in our budget that there's problems going to probably happen with some of these. So you take some planning. Is Let's put some money aside on a monthly to provide for those opportunities. When they happen, we're not freaked out. I have been in my life before. 
what are we going to do? Oh! But when you're planned, and you, that's, that's wisdom, that's godly, to plan for some stuff. So when it happens, oh, praise the Lord. The Lord provided for that. We got it covered, right? That's wisdom. Planning's good. Worrying about tomorrow is wasted. Planning can alleviate worry when done with God's guidance. When you've made some good plans and you've got some things in check, it can give you some, alleviate some worry. You're like, okay, I'm, we're good. Now, however, <laughs> when your planning and guidance is without God is done in fear, plans will interfere with your relationship with God. Hear me. Plans can interfere with your relationship with God if they weren't godly plans, they weren't God-given plans. When you're making your own plans and, and desires and goals and all these things, it's robbing you from the Lord. Because you're not hearing from him, and all these other things are what's devote, um, focusing your attention and time and wealth and material, everything towards this thing. And it will worry you. What if? What if something happens to that? What if? That's not for you, children. Your father loves you. Worriers find it hard to trust God. Worriers find it extremely hard to trust God. Don't worry. Remember the three little birds singing on the doorstep? They're just singing a sweet song. Melody pure and true. Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. Amen? When's it a good time to worry? I tell my kids that I'm going to start using that one too. For years and years, ever since they were little. How many have kids whine? They just whine. <laughs> You could ask all my kids, ask them, I challenge you, you get out, you ask them, when's it a good time to whine? Ask any one of my kids. They'll say, never. <laughs> it's the truth. When's it a good time to whine? They'll be whining. Hey, when's it a good time to whine? Never. You're right. Good answer. When's it a good time to worry? Never. It's never a good time to worry. Philippians, I'm going to read to you Philippians 4, 18 and 19, and we're going to close. I have a six minute video if you guys want to stick around and watch it. I, I, I would. It's, it's pretty good. I think it, we may adopt um, this, well, we, we might not adopt this um, counseling type, but it is a pretty good counseling opportunity. <laughs> it, may, it may alleviate a lot of problems, I'm just saying. Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Repeat the first three words with me. At the moment. At the moment. What's he talking about? Right now. At this moment, here's Paul. I have all I need. And more. What are we looking off here? He's, at the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts that you sent me from Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me, repeat with me, will supply all my needs. Will supply all my needs. That's pretty plain, ain't it? Now look at this. From his glorious riches, he will supply all my needs from his glorious riches. Amen. Not mine, from his glorious riches, which have been given to us, where? Where have our glorious riches been given to us? In Christ Jesus. Where is his glorious riches at? In him. Where is he at? In us. Where is, where is his glorious riches deposited? 
His glorious riches are already deposited in us? What, what, what did I do for that? I didn't do anything. He has already deposited his riches and glory inside of me. I have access. Does that mean they're mine? They, they are, but are they yours? When are they yours? When you take possession of them. I shared with the first service. Pastor Denise was a police officer. We have other officers. They'll tell you it's pretty true. Possession most of the time is nine-tenths of the law. When is it yours? When you take possession of it. I shared, this is a dumb analogy, but just bear with me. Say you guys bought me a motorcycle. <laughs> say you bought me a brand new Harley Davidson. Just say, just go with me. You bought me a new Harley Davidson. You said, Pastor Steve, I have this brand new, which, what would I want? I don't even know. I, I'm happy. Honestly, I got, I got one. I'm happy with it. It's, it's. But just say, your motorcycle's in my garage. Come and get it. Awesome. But I'm, just, I'm still like, man, I really, I really want this and need this new motorcycle. And I'm start talking about it. So I, I'm going to have to take some time away so I can start working for this motorcycle. And I, I need to take some more hours. I'm going to get another side job so I can work for this motorcycle. Hey, Pastor Steve, just, just wanted you to know, I got you that motorcycle. It's in my garage. Come get it. Oh, I, hey, I believe I believe you bought me a motorcycle. I'm going to keep working for this motorcycle I need. I'm just... Are you hearing me? His glorious riches are in you. It is, you know what it is finished means? I don't need to do anything else. Jesus is seriously resting like, it's yours already. It's yours. I just, Lord, I just need you to give me peace. Um, you have peace. I am peace, and I'm in you. We just have to have to happen. We have to have, that was easy for me to say, we have to have our eyes of our understanding opened up and enlightened to the truth that it's there. But when is it yours? When you possess it. It's really yours when you begin to understand it. Understand that it is already there. I just need to take possession of it. Everything I need is in him, and it's in me. I'm in need of nothing. What do I have to worry about? Nothing. Outside of him, there's a lot to worry about. In him, there's absolutely nothing to worry about. The worst thing that's going to happen to me is I'm going to stop breathing and breathe forever with him. That's the worst thing. That's a good day, church. I mean, that's a great day. That's a good day. I'm not morbid or twisted. That's just the reality. That's the best day you're ever going to have. The worst day here, the last, the last breath you take is going to be the best day you've ever had. Why? Because he's already in me. You can't. What are you going to threaten us with? What do I got to worry about? It's all small stuff. Last two points for closing. No, just kidding. <laughs> with God, listen to me. With God, this is just rationale. With God as our Father, and Jesus as our Shepherd, and the Holy Spirit as our powerful Helper, we can face both today and tomorrow. Right? If we have God as our Father, 
Jesus as our shepherd, we have the comforter, this powerful Holy Spirit in us as the Spirit of Christ. Today and tomorrow is in good shape. Just saying. Last one. It just, this just makes sense. It just makes a lot of sense to place your temporary needs in the hands of an eternal God. It just makes sense. Your temporary needs in the hands of an eternal God. We're in good shape. We got a good thing going here. Jesus is on the throne. Our Father is in charge. He loves us. There's nothing else he's got to do to prove it. He gave his son. We're good. All right? So we're going we're gonna to go into a little counseling. Um, now, hear my heart. If you get easily offended, I'm not running no one off, but you don't want to watch this. You don't have to. Um, but I think it's going to bless you. I think you're, gonna, you're definitely going to laugh. Um, but I, in all seriousness, I'm not making light of anyone's struggles. There's just, there's just a reality to something that's going to be released here during this, and I, I think it's important. Um, there is times that we need counseling. I've, I've talked to people. It's very good. Um, this is just a joke. I hope you hear my heart. But there is some truth to it. So we're, we are, I'm, I'm not really considering making this my, my um, model on how to counsel. <laughs> but if you hear me say two words, you'll understand. If we can drop the lights and turn the volume up on the, the video, that'd be awesome. Uh, Dr. Switzer? Uh, yes, C come in. I'm just, just washing my hands. Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlisle referred me. Oh, yes. Still uh, being buried alive in a box. Yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh, no, 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 we don't, we don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And uh, let, let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I, um, I charge $5 for the, for the first five minutes, and, and then absolutely nothing after that. How, how, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can, I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full, uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, <laughs> we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in, in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow, okay. And, uh, and I, I don't make change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and go. <clears throat> go. Well, tell what? me. Tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most we find most people can 
I can't remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, here, you're there. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it? Yes, S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you... you, you you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. <laughs> yes. Then stop it! I, I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, childhood. No, no, no. We, 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 we don't go there. Just, just stop it. So I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good go. Well, it's only been... It's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. Well, I, I only have a five, so. Well, I, I don't, I don't make change. Then I, I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you would you like to address? <clears throat> Ooh, uh, I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it. <laughs> Not of some kind? Don't, don't do that. But I, I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me... No, fatty. no, no. No, no we, de- we don't go there. But I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say... We definitely don't go there. Just, <laughs> just stop it. What, what, what else? <clears throat> well, I have self-destructive relationships with men. Stop it! <laughs> You, you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yes. Well, then stop it. <laughs> don't be such a big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is? I, I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs out there. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that one. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! <laughs> How are you going to get around? Get in the car and drive, you you kook. Stop it! You stop it! You stop it! What's, what's the problem, Kathy? I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And, and, you, and you, don't, you don't like that? No, I don't. So you think we're... We're moving too fast, is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me, uh, let me uh, give you ten words that I, I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want to you get a pad and a pencil for this one? All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here are the ten words. Stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box! with your worrying. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let me pray over you. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for a sense of humor. <laughs> Lord, we thank you that 
Lord, you have, you truly, Lord, through this, I just believe these last two messages, God, you've, you've broken that spirit of fear and worry and anxiety and depression. Lord, we thank you that in you, God, we have joy and peace and, and everything that we need, Lord, is in you. And Lord, uh, we thank you, God, for the ability to, to have your word and to have it feed us and to direct us. And um, Lord, and we thank you, God, for the ability to, to have a, a laugh. Your word says that laughter is like a medicine. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, um, Lord, that in the reality, Lord, is uh, we can stop it through you. That, Lord, we have the ability and authority to bind and to loose. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Yeah.